Betsy and Thomas here for the American Intelligence Media. Thomas, I went through the YouTubes and got some uh, comments and questions that I want to ask you. Uh, now, before I get started, I thought it would be interesting just to let the audience out there know a little bit about us, and maybe every time we do our uh, audios, we can let them know why we do this, who we are, what's our background. Um, and so I want to tell a little story about how when I first met you several years ago, and when you started to speak, I was immediately impressed with the warmth that came from you. I mean, when you speak, it just comes from your heart chakra, and it just enters into you like you just giving me and passing all this incredible knowledge. But I was also just breathless. I couldn't believe how smart you were. I've never met anyone so smart, but not in a way that was so highfalutin that it was not interesting or I couldn't understand it. You had a way of taking these very complex ideas and putting them in your heart forces and sharing them that was so amazing. Now, as our audience will find out about Betsy, is I am an entrepreneur. I have been an entrepreneur since I was a little girl. And even though we're, Thomas and I are both retired now from long teaching careers, I said, you know, the entrepreneur in me said, how in the world can I bottle up all this that is inside Thomas and share it with everybody I knew? Well, that was in the days before YouTube came around, but now with YouTube and this opportunity to speak to each one of you, I just hope that you can enjoy Thomas when he speaks as much as I do. Now, my role here is different than Thomas's. See, my role is to beat the shit out of him so he'll stay on track and get your questions answered. You see, it's not easy working with a savant, so... One of us is smarter than the other, and I think you know who. Okay, Thomas, now they know a little bit about you. Oh, I'm glad we're on radio. They can't see me blushing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now, the uh, question that I want to first get started with is, there was an audio that you did, and apparently you said in there a statement that Assad created ISIS and Al-Qaeda. And when I saw it once, I said, no, I don't think he said that. But several people commented that you said that, and they asked for clarification. So let's spend a moment and get that clarified. Well, Betsy, uh, I don't know where to start after that uh, lovely introduction you gave, uh, singing my praises. I, I just hope I get to meet that person that you're <laughs> talking about. Uh, I did say exactly what the readers have claimed that I said. I said pretty clearly that Bashir al-Assad helped create al-Qaeda and ISIS. And I'll explain again why that's true. And uh, Well, you have to also uh, talk about the CIA's involvement, because that did pop up a lot. People seem to think it's just the CIA that did this. Well, yes. When the Russians were just about ready to take Afghanistan because of the pipeline that needed to be guarded uh, these pipelines, oil coming out of Russia, very, very crucial, very crucial. That's why so many of the wars have happened. So they were trying to protect the uh, Af Afghanistan, of course, now is, is the uh, home of the CIA heroin, the poppy fields, where basically they're just protecting the poppy fields because that pipeline has become defunct and no longer um, necessary. So what happened was we saw it as an opportunity to see if we could stop the Soviet Union 
coming into Afghanistan. So the CIA went in and the CIA created Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda means the list in one uh, translation of, of um, the phrase. Basically, it means CIA trained. We sent CIA in under Donald's Rome, Donald Rumsfeld. He was very proud. You know, there are videos you can see of him in Afghanistan. Let's remember that uh, uh, Osama bin Laden was his good buddy, just like uh, uh, Saddam Hussein was his good buddy. There's pictures of him with his arms around both of them in separate pictures. So you have to remember that the CIA and the Department of Defense were using Afghanistan as just an experiment to see just how far they could go to give resistance to Russia, giving Russia a hard time, and caring nothing for the Afghani people whatsoever, zero. There's lots of emeralds, and there's uh, trillions of dollars worth of um, rare earth minerals and minerals in Afghanistan that have yet to be tapped. We, at one point, paid uh, in weapons for the emeralds coming out of Afghanistan. That was one of the ways that the Taliban, as well as later the Al-Qaeda, was able to fund um, buying the weapons. So when Al-Qaeda was started in Afghanistan, of course, then it was George Bush Jr. who said that it was Al-Qaeda and basically pointing at Osama bin Laden, who was a CIA operative at the time, and said that it was Al-Qaeda who attacked the World Trade Center. Of course, we know that now anyone who's done any study knows that's complete nonsense. Why would they name Al-Qaeda? Because they needed an enemy. And it's very hard for Americans to understand the factions involved in Islam. If you don't understand the death war of Sunnis against Shiites and Shiites against Sunnis, you can't possibly understand what's going on in the Middle East. And if you don't understand who the Wahhabists are, the Wahhabi faith, or the Salafin, or the other, all the different Muslim factions, for instance, uh, Bashir al-Assad is a faction that is not, which is neither Sunni nor Shiite. And so that's the reason they always thought he was a moderate. But he wasn't a moderate. His father was one of the most ruthless of all of the terrorists. Syria was the home of terrorism, let's remember. But we also need to put it in perspective that it used to be operated by Saudi Arabia. But it was parceled up after World War uh, II into the domains that basically did not take into consideration who's a Turk, who's an Iraqi, who's a Persian, who's a Sunni, who's a Shiite. And so it's, it's a mixed bag of nonsense. So you can see that the generally very strong Shiite nation of Iran and the very strong led Sunni nation of Iraq, we tried to keep them in balance, fighting against each other for the longest time. And that is the reason that we actually took Saddam Hussein out of a prison and under CIA cover, brought him into Iraq so that he could lead the Sunni factions that would then be on the American side so that we can keep the U.S. petrodollar going. So it is imperative to understand the history here. If you don't know who the Syrians are or why they're important to the Middle East, you can't possibly understand what I'm trying to explain. Al-Qaeda was, of course, funded through Saudi Arabia, wasn't it? Because Osama bin Laden's uncle 
was the king of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> we know that, you know, they were basically directly funding it along with the CIA. But don't forget that the Mossad is always involved in these things also, if, especially if it's to attack Shiites because they support Hamas and Hezbollah. And these factions are the factions who are the strongest against Israel and threatening to annihilate Israel. So, in Syria, when we claimed that Al-Qaeda attacked America, and as I recently said, and I always like to say again and again, Osama bin Laden came out and he said, oh, I wish I had done that. I want to salute the people who did that, who attacked the Twin Towers, but I didn't do it. I wish I did it. He didn't do it. But then we have, you know, five different Osama bin Ladens and five different tapes with five different voices saying otherwise for years later when Osama bin Laden was long dead from his kidney disease. He had his kidney disorder and had to be on a kidney dialysis machine long before he okay, ever left. Okay, my darling, come in from the weeds and let's get back on our focus. So, Al-Qaeda, um, Bashir invited all Sunnis and Shiites and all factions to come to Syria after Al-Qaeda had been blamed and we attacked Iraq, to come to Syria and he armed them, he gave them money, and he called them all Al-Qaeda and sent them in to Iraq to fight George Bush Jr. and the Americans who had unlawfully gone in and taken over a Muslim country. Again, we, we do this on, on, uh, as often as we can, especially if there's oil involved. So he was completely against the Americans. So we have to remember that. So it gets very, very complicated. I can't go into all the details, but let's just put it this way. When Al-Qaeda came out of Afghanistan to come to Syria and joined with all kinds of Sunnis and Shiites, they were armed and given money to go into Iraq and attack. That's what they did. And they attacked the Americans and they attacked the Sunnis. And basically in the end, because of civil war, the Sunnis were kicked out with Osama bin Laden, and basically now it's more Shiite. That's the reason that the Shiite nation of Iran, its uh, its top soldiers are in Iraq. That's the reason that the Sunnis generally, and I, I don't want to be too definitive about this because it, it it's very complicated. The Al-Qaeda that we just defeated in Mosul was defeated by the Iranian guard, those are Shiites defeating Sunnis. And they're being pressed up against the uh, border with Syria as right now, Russia and Syria have bombed ISIS right back to the border of Iraq. Now, the Al-Qaeda that was fighting in Iraq started to come back across the border of Syria. But remember, Syria is generally Shiite. So when Sunni Al-Qaeda started coming back across the border of Syria, they simply changed their name to ISIS. Because why? They wanted to have a caliphate that included Iraq and Syria. Thus their name, ISIS. But there's also ISI and there's also ISIL, which is what Obama always referred them to them as. Because it's not... 
uh, just Iraq and Syria. It's the entire Levant. This movement is is also in Jordan. It's in Palestine. It's in uh, it's in Lebanon. It's in Syria. It's moved into Turkey. It's in all kinds of places. It's all throughout Iraq. So these names that they use are not telling you any truth whatsoever. Al-Qaeda at one point was generally Sunnis who had a a Wahhabist tendency being funded by the CIA to fight Russians who then we said turned on us. Complete nonsense. But then when they moved into Syria and were supported by Syria to go into Iraq to fight Americans, they were joined by other forces. I'll talk about them in a minute. But when they came back into Syria, they changed their name. And when they came back into Syria, they joined with a tremendous amount of mercenaries. We're talking literally about Blackwater, uh, KBR, Z. We're talking about the Israeli Mossad. For instance, al-Baghdadi is a Russian. He's not even Arab. Uh, He speaks Arabic, but the head of ISIS is highly likely a Mossad agent who came through Russia. Many of the Russians came into uh, the Russian Jews came into Israel and joined the Mossad because they already spoke Arabic because it, sections of Russia speak Arabic. So the the Arab-speaking aspects of many uh, of much of the Mossad is, uh, are soldiers who came out, uh, actually XK, um, uh, KBG coming out of Russia and all the intelligence agencies come out of Russia. So when you talk about ISIS right now, this is who ISIS is. ISIS has ISIS, ISIL, ISIS, I-S-I, as well as then there are what's called the moderate rebels, then there's the Kurdish rebels, then there's the Turkish front, and then there's the Pentagon-supported forces. Now we, the Pentagon supports both the moderate rebels and some other rebels who they say are a little bit stronger like al-Nusra, but nobody knows who's who now because a lot of them are mercenaries. They came in from all other countries. Syria asked for these, this mess, basically, is what I was trying to say before. So when I said that Syria helped create ISIS, uh, helped create Al-Qaeda and ISIS, it doesn't mean that they weren't working with the CIA at the time. But remember, there's different factions of the CIA. Oh my gosh, Thomas, this is just like a big bowl pit of snakes. But this is what you need to understand to know why Trump bombed Syria. Why did he bomb Assad? Why did he bomb? Everyone says, why? Because he did what he promised. He bombed ISIS. ISIS was created by Syria. You you couldn't drop a bomb except onto the Russian base in Syria. You couldn't drop a bomb in Syria that didn't land on some ISIS, okay? Because why? Last year, $11.5 billion went to Bashir al-Assad. Half of it came secretly through Qatar, Saudi Arabia, uh, the UEA, and a few other uh, countries, okay, secretly. And then the other group, the other half of that money came directly out of the European Union because they said, oh, if you're going to be at war, we're going to pay you to, to make up for the money that you lost in the oil pipelines that are being disrupted by this war. First off, those oil pipelines were actually disrupted by him. 
He wants them disrupted. He gets all of this extra money, $11.5 billion last year in money given directly to him because his country is at war. Let's remember, and I told this story, and I'm sure no one checked into this, but the uh, who used to be the High Commissioner of uh, for Refugees for the United Nations is now the head of the United Nations, um, and Antonio Guterres. He went to Assad and said, well, Assad said, we need help. I have displaced refugees in my country because of this, these battles going on because of ISIS and Al-Qaeda are fighting me in my own country. And he's basically saying, and I helped create them. <laughs> Why would they be fighting me? I need your help. And, and the head, that now the head of the UN, said to him at the time, I could give you $900,000, but, you're, but you're, you would have to have uh, X number of refugees cross the border into Turkey. So Assad bombed one of the closest cities to Turkey he bombed his own people, and he got $900 million from the United Nations. And then how much did the Catholic Church get for their refugee portion of all of this? They get their... They got their cut, too. By head. So every, really what, every one of them, Really yes. what's happening is it's just this huge human farming thing that's going on. All these institutions that have gotten so big, nefarious, and evil are actually feeding on human beings, literally, where they're slaves, where they're organs and tissues, where their labor, where their debt, we're, we're, we're just being farmed like animals. And we're being played because remember that Assad's father had been, they had attempted to overthrow Syria again and again and again. Every, I mean, Israel, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, America, everybody. We tried to overthrow Syria. I'll explain why in just a second. But what did he do? What did his father do? He learned every trick there was. He's the best person producing CIA narratives out there, probably in that area of the world. He even went into Lebanon and the crimes of his father and his crimes, Assad's crimes, are as long as your arm, but nobody wants to talk about them. Why? Because they've seen the Hollywood produced CIA narratives about him that make him sound like he's an angel. When you're done watching these beautiful, beautiful propaganda pieces on him, you think he's an angel. And when you hear him speak, he says all the right stuff to make it sound like he's innocent. He is a mass murderer. Okay? And anyone who says otherwise has not looked at history. It's hard for people to know what to believe then if we're getting propaganda over here and fake news over here. How is a person supposed to find out this truth, Thomas? The challenge of our time is called discernment. This is, look at it like a video game if you play video games. Look at it like a game of chess if you play chess. Or, you know, uh, some kind of, this is a game. And the game is... Do you believe it or don't you believe it? I think there was a show uh, uh, on television like that. Uh, that's what we're always trying to do. If you want to develop your consciousness and your wit, you have to be able to discern truth from a lie. And in today's age, it's so carefully crafted. But you have to know certain basic things. So you have to read if you really want the big perspective and you want to be positive and hopeful like we are, you need to have things put in perspective through the um, the American intelligence reports that we put out. We just put out another one on Comey. You need to understand, don't be discouraged. Yes, yeah, so when we talk about uh, Syria producing Al-Qaeda, they didn't produce Al-Qaeda. They helped um, enhance it and engender it, and they basically then became squeezed between Al-Qaeda and ISIS 
on its own border. And that's what's happened right now. As a matter of fact, there are pictures, I love these pictures, of the American forces in old Hueys flying ISIS, Baghdadi himself, they say, out of Mosul because we were just about ready to completely drive ISIS and Al-Qaeda out of Mosul. Where did they fly him to? Into Syria. <laughs> and, and, and that's the reality. The reality is you're squeezing all of these forces and it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. It hasn't turned into a Yemen. If you look at Yemen, it's separated into like eight sections now and it's going to be in, it is in civil war, basically. Perhaps it hasn't been claimed as such, but it, it is as much civil war as is going on in Syria, as was going on in Iraq. And we would like to have go on, or at least CIA and the rogue CIA would love to have civil war in Iran also. But we're not going to have that because Obama made sure to give them all the money that they're going to need for a long time to come because they've now discovered uh, liquid gas along with Qatar out uh, in the Persian Gulf between them. So coming back to Al-Qaeda and ISIS in Syria, I'm sorry to have to say, yes, it's complicated, but yes, ISIS has been paid for by America. Absolutely. They were the mercenaries that we were using in Iraq. We had as many mercenaries in Iraq as we had soldiers. People don't realize that. And they kept changing their name. Their last name was Z, Z-I. And those are the soldiers who have masks over their faces and they're very tall because a lot of them are Russian. And if you look carefully, all you have to do is look carefully at any picture of ISIS and you're going to see that many of them have US tattoos on their arm stating which branch of the uh, military they were fighting in before they became uh, uh, mercenaries for uh, KBR, Blackwater, Z, and all these other groups. And a killing is being made by these um, groups that used to be all clustered underneath the Carlisle group, but now they're separated out and people are making a fortune still in Syria because they are they were paying all sides. All sides are being paid and all sides were changing up who they were fighting for from from week to week. But we recently, when Donald Trump said, I will not continue to give the one billion dollars to ISIS that we were giving I guess that shocked people because that basically ended the war. Have you noticed now that they say that ISIS is almost defeated in Syria because we stopped paying for them? One billion dollars a year, folks. That wrap it up, but I'm sure we'll revisit this subject. And folks, if you would use the comment boxes uh, below, you know, kind of think about what Thomas said. And if you have questions, then we can continue to deep dive and also educate one another. If there are things that Thomas said that you found that you want to enlighten others on, put it in the comment box, because this is really what we're doing. We're trying to create an education and enlightenment forum for all of us so that we can wake up gently, but fiercely. Okay, now... Dennis Valentino. Oh, he gave a very interesting question to us, but first he thanked us. And then he says he likes to pass along the information that he gets from the American intelligence media to others because he feels like we're a light in a dark world. So thank you very much. That's so sweet of you, Dennis. And here's his question to Thomas. The deep state and the shadow government are so dug into America and they have so much power to destroy anyone who tries to expose them. 
With constitutional laws and treasonous criminal syndicate mafia-style tactics, how can we ever defeat this monster? The CIA was created unconstitutionally, and the CFR seems to be behind both the shadow government and the deep state. Thomas, how can we, the people, put an end to this corruption and restore our constitutional republic? It seems to be a lost cause. Is there a way we can just all get along and stop this constant war? That was from Dennis, you say, Betsy? Mm -hmm. Dennis, that is a great question, and you make the distinction, which is oftentimes blurred between the deep state and the shadow government, which we'll make sure to pull apart here as we answer that question. It's a great question, and it's the question of why people keep saying, you know, um, Thomas, how can you have hope? (laughs) We do, though. Look around. Come on. You can't have any hope with, with the things that you studied and the doomsday stuff that you know. And what you saw when you were in the military and you worked for the, you know, all those for NSA and all that stuff, how can you have any hope left? Well, here's the deal. The shadow government started in 1913 when the when the Fed was created. So, you know, the Fed, the CFR, the CIA were all in bed together. That's who created our international policy. It wasn't created by Americans. It was created by transnationalists. It was created by global imperialists, you know, people who had their own greed in mind. Now, that shadow government does have deep state operatives in it because deep state operatives are simply people who fall into the seven deadly sins, usually greed, power, lust, you know, blatantly, just blatantly. Matter of fact, in America, you should, they, they're proud of it. They wear it as a, a badge, how blatantly they devolve into the seven deadly sins. Like a John Podesta, for example, just look into the sickness of that man, the art in his house, the the fact that, you know, don't get me started. These people, uh, some call them uh, psychopaths, sociopaths. I don't quite go that far, but I tell you that they are so greedy that they would sell their mother down the river for a little more power and greed. Uh, And that's the way that it goes. So that having been said, the deep state has agents in the shadow government, but the shadow government is being defeated by the second American revolution. Donald Trump was elected. So therefore, as long as he or his spirit or anyone following in his footsteps does the same thing and stands up and says, sorry, Washington, you will obey the law. That's the only thing Trump has to do. Make people obey the law. That is very interesting because when we sent out the Comey piece yesterday, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe how many hits we got. And people are posting it everywhere because I think they've reached the point where they realize that these folks truly are lawless. They're accountable to no one. And if we, the American people, do not take this one by one by standing up and saying, you will follow the law, that, we, you know, it's it's in that progress that we will overcome it. Yes, and we see this every single day. So I could list a thousand things that are the positive don't, aspects. Don't, don't. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yes. I'm glad you caught me on that, Betsy, because you know I will, and yes, I, I won't give up until I list a thousand, exactly <laughs> one thousand. They always say, you know, your YouTube videos should be around 30 minutes. Well, I never can continue in 30 minutes. So, folks... 
you know, if you get tired of listening, just stop, pause, go do your thing, come back when you're ready. I can't stop you. Go ahead. Because we keep saying the same things because I don't just speak for myself. I speak for a conclave. And that group of people, we have been working together, some of us, for decades. And when we discuss these things, when one of us goes off track, then you better get the proof together. So uh, basically, we come to a consensus because these things are known. We speak about things that are known. So let's speak about things that are known. Trump was elected. George Soros's takeover of America failed. Hillary did not become queen. Those are two of the biggest things that could happen in American history. We American history will go on because George Soros funded Obama's setup for Hillary's takeover would have been socialism in America. At, at, and that's a nice word. Let's call it let's call it Marxism, social Marxism, let's call it Leninism, let's call it, you know, all kinds of different names, Stalinism. Because why capitalism was going to fail. And as it failed, it would have then in fact no longer been America. So So, so because those things occurred and progress towards moving towards evil, which really where we were going, stopped. We now have a chance, an opportunity to wake up our fellow patriots and begin to undo what has been done to us since 1913. And I mean, I know we can go back centuries to see where the root of this is. And eventually, with enough YouTube time, we will. But we people can't expect that it's just going to be done overnight. No, that's right. So the shadow government has had a monkey wrench thrown into the works and it's come to a complete screeching halt. Every time one of those DC swamp monsters starts screaming, what happens? It comes back on them. Everyone hears them. Everyone looks at them and says, oh my gosh, I never noticed what a swamp monster you are. And they, what they call for comes back, rebounds on them. So this is going to take a while because now that they can see that the shadow government is trying to defend itself, that also means the Bilderberger Society, the trilateralists, the CFR, the what people would call the New World Order, the globalists, the imperialists, the UN. All, all these different groups got terribly worried because they thought that America had ended. Because not only in 1913 was just the beginning step of when we started the um, Central Bank and the Federal Reserve, but then immediately thereafter, because of Woodrow Wilson and the fantastic evil that he perpetrated upon this country, we started the League of Nations and became the United Nations, which has basically become the boss of America. And we really need to get rid of the United Nations. Well, that's what happened. Trump said, sorry, I'm only going to fund it well, to half. Well, yeah, that, but I, know I, th- I don't know that anything's been enacted. He said it, but has anything been done about that? Uh, well, Agenda 21, the uh, all the things that Obama went ahead and acted on, treaties that he signed, the Small Arms Treaty, the uh, Strong Cities uh, uh, Initiative, all these things right. that Obama signed, which were illegal, are now being diffused because... Remember, people don't understand this. There were 28 executive orders already that Trump has gone in and reversed. He can't even tell us about some of them because some of those, were they weren't even executive orders. Uh, Obama created three other forms, uh, policy procedures, policy directives, all these different silly names, completely secret. He had to go in and reverse a bunch of those. So people say, well, if he becomes the president, he does what he says, we won't see any more chemtrails. I think out of the last 17 days, we've had three days of chemtrails. Yeah, yeah, so we begin to see that. What did we mm-hmm. begin to see? TPP, trash mm-hmm. canned. Na- NAFTA, 
being considered to be trash can. The UN having its plug uh, pulled. The and swamp, the plug is being pulled. And now to follow the law on immigration to, you know, in DACA, because that was done unconstitutionally. And if people in Congress want to vote on something that's constitutional, okay, Trump gave it to them to do that. Trump saved $5 trillion by getting us out of this stupid climate accord that I guess nobody had read because it didn't help America one iota and it was all based upon false information. So we get to see all of the swamp monsters show who they are. As that's happening, what did they have to do? Because Trump was elected and Comey had to go down, who was the leader of lawlessness in Washington, D.C. They had to call in the only bigger lawless person in D.C. out of the most corrupt legal firm that he was working for, along with a bunch of other corrupt people uh, from Wilmer Hale, one of the most corrupt lawyer firms in the world, passes the ethics committee and comes back to lead it as a special counsel because Comey leaked information that would get Mueller brought in on the case. Does anybody see what's happening here? He's going down. He's going to take his buddy down with him. Every time they leak something, it comes back to Comey. Comey has caused Loretta Lynch to put her uh, the, the noose around her neck, Bill Clinton along with her, Hillary Clinton perhaps because of his botched version. His attacks on Trump all failed. Those are like a dozen different attacks on Trump failed. We get to see that we practically, we had peace in Syria after, after he bombed Assad. Don't forget that. We immediately had peace in Syria. Then they parceled up the country, and then there was one more bit of fighting with the Americans involved, and now Russia and Syria are cleaning up, getting ISIS, killing them. And where are they going? They're being put on boats and sent to the Philippines, to Yemen. Who do you think pays for that? Who do you think pays for the airlift of, of the ISIS going to Yemen? You see, it continues, but we're awake. And so we're waking up in all of these different areas, and it's really, really, really good. The uh, deep state agents are being found out for who they are. Have you heard Susan Rice say anything? Oh, no. And, oh, and have you heard Sally Val Yates say anything where's more? Where's Valerie Jarrett? Oh, Valerie Jarrett was going to lead the opposition. <laughs> right, right. Where's Obama? He yeah, was going to lead Obama? the AFA, 32,000 foot soldiers. How about... Antifa, mm -hmm. oh no, they're going to go to jail next time they come onto the streets. Because right. why? Take the KKK to jail if they come onto the streets with masks and with weapons. And take Black Lives Matter and take Antifa and take anyone because, you want. If they we, come to riot, they have to go to jail. Because we see them for who they are. They are paid by Soros's NGOs to disrupt America. Exactly. And Soros is being interrupted He's being investigated. His uh, his plans in Ukraine have not gone the way he wanted. In Kazakhstan, in Turkmenistan, in Azerbaijan, he is failing in some of his missions. He, he lost a billion dollars the day that Trump got elected. Remember that. So, Dennis, I hope that somewhat brought you hope. Um, I'm going to ask you, Thomas, to go a little bit more before we end into more maybe about this being the consciousness age and, and what we're all struggling with here and how it helps us in human evolution. If there is one thing you can do, all of you on the other end of listening to this, is to do as Thomas suggests, stand up for law and order. We have a constitution. It's a beautiful gift to the American people. We need to go back and be a constitutional republic. We need to, to make sure that our Congress people um, follow the law. 
like, well, what is this about the subpoena? You subfusion GPS. Glenn Simpson, and, and yes. he is not turning over his documents? Right. Excuse me, this is not a doctor-patient relationship or a lawyer-client relationship. This is about who your freaking client was. You need to cough it up, buddy. And no, they're not paying attention to the law right there in Congress. So we back here, we can send in citizen intelligence reports. All you need to do is print it, put your congressman's name on it and send it in and let them know what you know and tell them you expect them to get their job done. Anything else about that, dear? Well, they weaponize propaganda and the MSN, let's remember, people aren't going to Hollywood movies anymore because they know they're a bunch of political idiots and nobody knew that until Trump got elected and now they get to find that out. They don't want anything to do with them. They don't want anything to do with cable or regular news. Matter of fact, they're losing people all the time. Breitbart gets more hits than them. Trump gets more hits on his tweets than they get. In some cases, combined. All of them combined get less than these new alternative ways of so, communication. So by not turning on the media television or going to their movies, you really have hurt them in that way. You vote in that way. You can vote every single day by what it is that you do is your habits and what it is you buy into and what you don't buy into. But now your question of uh, stating why, you know, that why this would happen in terms of consciousness. Yes. In the world, let's remember. And then wrap it up for us. If you are in Papua New Guinea, you are not developing your ego necessarily. You are not being presented with so many challenges that you have to make yourself strong so your ego, your sense of identity, your I, your consciousness can get strong. You might have extremely limited sensory exposure. But in America, we have the greatest. So that extreme. Now in Europe, they have their ego, but unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about the ego and freedom. Does the, does the headhunter, the cannibal in Papua New Guinea, have the freedom? Have the freedoms that an American has? No. Do they have the freedoms that a European has? No. Europeans had freedom. They've now given it up because one leader, Angela Merkel, said, "All of you, 55 million refugees that Obama created by bombing seven countries, are all welcome here in Germany. You just got to get here," which means they had to go across all the other European nations and she knew that they had a no borders rule in the European Union so she knew that when this one person said that one person Betsy one person did one thing and look what happened to the ego and to freedom in America we have to expect the aberration of the ego of the human being every type of weird expression of who you are and your sexuality and whether you're an animal or a human or anything you want to do is all just welcome in America. It's, it's, like, um, uh, it's like American Idol. The weirder you can be in America, the more people stand up and clap for you. Right, well, there's like something called echo-sexuality now, where you go out and make love to trees. I'm like, whoa. Oh, yes. whoa, okay. okay. I'm, I'm afraid I would get into that, but, and I could say a bunch of dirty jokes about that, but let's remember... Are, do they have freedom and is their ego being developed in Russia as much as, say, in Europe or as in America? So we have to expect the aberrations in America. The aberrations are of neurosis, psychosis, and the aberrations of sex and violence. Well, that is America. I'm going to repeat it. Neurosis in your thinking, psychosis in your feelings, and in your willpower, the aberration of sex and violence. That's what's on television, folks. 
If you watch television, you go to the movies, and you believe that agenda, then your consciousness is diminished. When you wake up through discernment, and you can look and find the truth by effort in this incredibly confused American world where things are antisocial, this isn't supposed to be a very social time of, of of human historical development because when you have an ego, it rubs up against other people's ego. And when you are prideful uh, or you are envious of somebody else, what does that mean? Your ego wants something they you think their ego has. Well, is that not politics? That is the definition of politics. Politics is my vote for me, my ego is better than that person's ego. It's a personality comp, it's a personality uh, contest that's really all politics is and who can lie the best and who can appear to be the nicest okay. to people okay thomas that's lovely so we wish all of you a good evening or a good morning if that's the case and we'll be back again with your questions hopefully with briefer answers okay <laughs> <laughs> bye y'all see you later